0: It gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402 479 1414. That's another check of your time saver traffic. I'm Chris. Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499 3, KLIN.
1: All right, all right. Uh, March 11th, 508 on your final drive home for the weekend. I am Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is on the producing board as always. Uh, we were supposed to have a guest in. You've heard her before, Ally French from Nebraska's Against Government Overreach. Uh, really, to recap the Freedom Convoy, but she could not make it in today, and it's just overcome by events, which is fair. We wish her well. We'll try to get her back in. I wanted to spend today because I didn't see a lot of media coverage of the Freedom Convoy. Um, You know, major media, so to speak, around here, but um, it was quite a big thing, and um, while it was on the road, many Nebraskans throughout the state from the west to the east uh, were out there, and, uh, you know... In the end of the day, I thought it was well worth uh, people that, you know, maybe didn't know it was going on or weren't uh, out in support, you know, understood kind of this movement. Right. Where um, just like the Canadian truckers, you know, Americans have come together and are doing a very similar, I would say, much more peaceful, so to speak. Um, You know, they're all the way in Washington, D.C., but uh, basically, you know. Peacefully protesting for protection from all mandates, uh, when it comes to, you know, vax and masks and anything testing, tracking, that type of deal, and and so that's what they're about. And um, you have seen uh, even on national media in Washington, you know, in in mass, lots <laughs> lots of trucks and people out, and um, and again that convoy rolled through Nebraska um and we'll just see how long that continues to go in our country but uh again I, I i have no problem with peaceful protest at all um so that was going to be the show it is not so it is a frogman friday we will take callers all show um on the Rick Stein recognition hotline 402-479-1400 and the text line um we'll make one up for you cuz we've missed another whatever wednesday um, and I think there's a lot out there to talk about. Um, obviously, you know, if we don't have a lot of callers, that's fine. I have plenty. Um, certainly going to recap uh, Natalie Weiss's, um time on the show yesterday and, and some of the highlights there. Uh, constitutional carry, LB-773, uh, passed kind of its first hurdle, if you will, 35-9, to 9, you know, uh, basically if it continues so that, you know, you don't have to go get a concealed carry permit. Um, to carry a firearm. Um, that, that's that been on a lot of uh, Nebraskans' mind, the forefront, probably, at least for me, um, over the last year, paying attention to state legislature, had the most fireworks between some senators and uh, people, <laughs> people, really, you know, elected officials kind of getting fired up about it and yelling at each other and threatening, you know, interesting stuff. Um, you know, another topic... Uh, has been brought to my attention throughout the week and I haven't had time to run with it but happy to talk about it and it's in Ukraine it's a group of fighters on the Ukrainian side commonly referred to as the Azov Battalion and kind of their far-right origins uh, as well as uh, depending, right? Um, You know, maybe even Nazi affiliations um, and, and there's some unique dynamics there that you know aren't going to make a difference in this conflict um but with my background in training foreign militaries and 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 others um i think it's well worth commenting on just to say you know how these things come about and and you know what may be going on there but it, it's certainly something that if you've paid attention to the rhetoric that the russians have talked about with you know denazification if you will um and i'm going to say yeah, there is some truth to what the russians are saying so to speak with um this azov battalion and its you know far right leaning recruitment and who it's brought in to um essentially be kind of a national guard or special group within the ukrainian military um and so i uh, really appreciate uh you know part of the crew tipping me off to that because i've been out of the game so i wouldn't have been tracking it And I find it kind of interesting. Um, Same thing with uh, everything going on. Um, I think, you know, with Natalie yesterday, I really enjoyed um, her willingness to come on the show. um, Her frankness, her passion for the issues. And I, I think, again, my intent was... To not just show civil di- discourse, but do it. Um, clearly, we have different opinions, um, Natalie and I, and, and several folks in this city. But one of the things I know that on this show we hadn't really ever covered on the issue was some of the thoughts from the other side. And so, you know, we were able to get that done. Um, when you you think about it, and I think if you're, you know, if you're hard right, hard left, hard whatever on this issue. Um, I think, at least for me, there's things that can be agreed upon, right? You know, it's like I said, safety and security, you know, for everybody, you know, and everybody I've talked to, you know, since yesterday... That is a that's common ground, folks. We believe in that. I believe in that, uh, you know, also mental health advocacy and realizing that not just, you know, in the veterans group, not just in you know the LGBTQ plus group in all Americans, all people. Mental health is a big, big issue in our society, and it's not one that is normalized yet that we just openly talk about I often kind of talk about it like alcoholism like I wonder which one is more normalized like alcoholism and drug abuse recovery or mental health recovery right there's stigmas attached there I think we can get better with that and and the reason I bring that up in talking with Natalie and and, and her highlighting things too is that has to do with how we talk about issues and again coming from a guy that can get fired up and has a platform, um, you know, we need to think a little bit as we make our arguments. And then, of course, civil discourse, right? That I don't think that this issue in our city is going away anytime soon, and that's independent of whatever the city council says, and then what happens after that. I, I believe that this is an issue that will be here in Lincoln for a while, and I believe it's an issue... Um, that has multiple levels, right? Natalie was talking about, you know, her perspective. We've heard others perspective and NFA has been on the show. Um, but I believe that civil discourse and finding and coordinating together is the best way to solve this for the community. Um, but again, I really appreciate it. And I think that Natalie is uh, willing to come on and I, I hope to be a bridge. um to be able to, to hopefully you know find solutions, like I always say. All right, let's take a caller. Line one, Gianni, welcome to Drive Time, Lincoln.
2: Hey, thank you for taking my call. I want to talk about constitutional carry.
1: Go um, ahead.
2: I am for it. I, I like the idea, right? Okay, I'm usually on the progressive side of things, but uh, I, I think it's going to come with a cost. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people who are not educated with guns, uh, doing things that are not in the norm, you know, they, they don't understand the etiquette when it comes to guns. And I think that... Uh,
1: well, can we say not etiquette, but let's start with safety first?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be people who uh, don't understand certain things, you know, like if a police officer asks you if there's a gun in the vehicle or something, you don't reach for it and say, yeah, here it is. Right. No, you, you tell them that it's like in the glove box or under the, what, uh, under yes. the seat, whatever. Yes. But I also think that along with that, uh, the, there's going to be consequences, you know, the uh, mental health side of things. I, I personally believe that I, I think there'll be more suicides, unfortunately. Um, but hmm. I guess that's just something that we'll have to see. Yeah, time, I, don't,
1: I, I don't know about that, but I guess, I mean, you're, are you saying just because people will have, you think they'll have easier access to firearms?
2: I I mean I don't think that there's a mental health test. I mean they ask you I'm sure when you go to get your handgun permit, but I don't know how they look into that. I suppose if you have a past or history, but if you have no history of that, I mean, I guess that goes with anything, really. No criminal history. I mean, they're not going to Yeah, know, I mean, but... you're
1: still going to have to do the same, you know, laws and uh, pre-checks to say get a handgun or whatever. I mean, I think that when you talk about constitutional carry, I mean, it, I it, you know, a, a person who may be suicidal you know, is either going to, if, if they own a firearm, I mean, they're going to know where it is. I don't know that carrying it, you know, being able to carry it, um, you know, it, this law increases suicide. Um, but I, I will say this, Johnny, safety is a number one concern and should always be the number one thing when it comes to any firearms.
2: All right. Well, and I wanted to say a, a good show the other day. Um, I really like how you, uh, allow other people to, you know, with different opinions to speak on the show. That way you get it right from them. I mean, you get the sound bite right from them as opposed to, uh, you know, someone just saying that's what they
1: said, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, Thank you. Have a good day. All right, Johnny. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think everybody knows Johnny probably sees things again, uh, different, but he's always been great about calling in and expressing his, uh, side of things. And, uh, and I think he's right on constitutional carry. Listen, folks, the number one thing with all firearms is safety and competency in safety first. And um, and if more people, you know, are going to own firearms or are certainly going to carry, um, they need to be safe first. They need to be competent. They need to be responsible gun owners and gun carriers. No doubt about it. Um, so let's go to Rick on line two. I think he wants to talk about uh, Natalie's visit. Rick, how you doing?
3: Good, Jack. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks.
3: Hey, um, yeah, I didn't get to listen to the whole conversation yesterday, but what I did uh, hear, and I think there's some misconception on her side, and I guess I'll, I'll give you a little background. My wife's uh, very best friend, also her cousin, uh, has a uh, uh, transgender. Daughter, uh, so you know we're we're real familiar with okay uh, the, the situation and and understand it and you know it breaks those parents' hearts you know and, and yet they they try to support their daughter uh, in every way they can because they know the suicide rate is so very high uh, for that uh, sector of our uh, uh, population. Sure. So, but you know, as I listen to her, I think there's a misconception. Is I feel like. Christians were lumped in a big bucket and you know she seemed to think that we're just following the lead of and I can't even think of the organization oh NFA to. yeah and and you know my wife and I you know when it came out we were looking trying to figure out where to sign the petition never heard anything from them and don't don't agree with a lot of what she said about the fear and I they never said anything to us when we signed the petition sure um, you know we we have you know our beliefs, and I, I think what it does. Um, I guess as I heard this and read, uh, you know, read uh, uh, the uh, statute or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the, the the idea that it would open the door for, you know, we have a lot of people that aren't right out there, and it would open the door for people to say, hey, uh, as a man or a woman, I'm I'm the other sex today, and I want to go in this bathroom uh, because I'm mentally not stable. You know, they're not going right. to say that. But that's what you're dealing with. And then it opens the door for someone who would object to that to have to go before the committee or board, whatever it is, and could be fine. And it's like, no, wait a minute. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily care what someone thinks is sexually what what they do. I mean, that's I'm not going to involve myself. in that. But when you open the door where someone like that could be in a public restroom with my wife or my daughter or my grandchildren, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. And it's not as neat and tidy as she wants you to think it is. So, and I I get the idea that, you know, like I said, Christians are all a bunch of sheep that are just following the lead and not really educated on, uh, you know, on, on the issue. And I think that's very, really, really far from the truth.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good call, Rick. Uh, Appreciate it. Make a comment here. Uh, Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. I mean, uh, listen, I, I, you know, I am certainly not Natalie expert, uh, but I feel, you know, that our relationship over the last week, you know, we've gotten a level of trust and understanding. And one of the things I would say on that is, is that those of us on the opposite side, you have to remember, uh, this was Natalie's first time on my show. Um, she's certainly defending her position and um and so i think when talking about nfa when talking about christians right there is there's a passion behind that that comes across a little more heavy-handed in my opinion in my opinion um than it is meaning um right anytime we see things differently we are going to speak in a way that um You know, comes uh, from our position, and I I think that that is Natalie's absolute right to express it. Um, It's our right, you know, to say, hey, I see something there, or I totally disagree, which is what Rick is saying. I think that um, the other part that may get missed is that um, Natalie and I both understand. Listen, we understand how to... um, You know, voice inflect and rebel rouse, so to speak, rebel rouse uh, people to, you know, garner attention. And I don't mean that in a positive or negative way. I mean that when any time you are in a debate or you are arguing, um, there is an element of that. And certainly um, there is that on both sides of this issue in the city. No doubt about it. With regard to uh, Rich. Rick and and, and Christians, yeah, I I don't think she's lumping all Christians in there. I think that she's highlighting the conservative movement that kind of helped mobilize this for the city. But certainly there's many Nebraskans and Lincolnites that don't know who NFA is. And just like the situation you described with you and your wife, you know, have just thought through it themselves and made a decision. Uh, But nonetheless, I mean, if you think of it in some kind of – political fight you know nfa has kind of been out front um you know what i get from it is is there's still more talking to be done i guess what i can say that i absolutely need to learn and i think all uh, lincolnites need to understand and i'm gonna try to get a lawyer on here is really really understanding the supreme court um decisions because a lot of people will tell me hey jack that's just for housing and employment um, Natalie will talk about accommodations, and so will other people on that side of the argument. And and I think that maybe what we're down to is understanding, um, you know, what what is public accommodations, meaning the Supreme Court. You know, I like to go back to the beginning and the law, and so we need to understand um, exactly what the Supreme Court is talking about there. So, a lot of callers got to take a break, but hold on the line. We'll get you on 1499.3 ninety nine three KLIN Drive Time Lincoln. It's Commander Jack for Barry Law Firm. Barry Law represents both military and civilian Americans. Barry Law's firm, strong warrior ethos and dedication to defending individual Constitution rights are born of decades of battlefield experience. Don't go into battle alone. Let Barry Law Firm help you fight and win your case. Call them at 402 472 Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me.
4: Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's
2: mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot
5: be combined with any other offer
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
5: don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket
0: Takes another check of your time. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. All right,
1: we're back on Friday. It's Frogman Friday. Call lines are open. Uh, whatever you got, Lincoln, call in 402-479-1400 on the Stein Recognition Hotline. Let's go to Michelle on line one. Michelle, how you doing? Pretty good.
0: Um, In regards to the fairness ordinance, I was sexually abused starting by the time I was three years old, by a family friend, a male family friend. And I find it very hypocritical when the mayor is concerned about the mental health of LGBTQ. I mean, that's, I mean, I get it, compassion. But what about my mental health if I'm changing in my locker room or the locker room at my gym and a biological male walks in? What about my mental health? And so you can consider me a statistic because from what I know, at least, 25% of women have been sexually abused. And I think now it's even higher. So let's go to, I won't say it on air, but let's go to calling bathrooms by biological parts. If you got one, you use that. If you don't have one, you go use the other bathroom.
1: Appreciate uh, the call. And you know, I am sorry um, that you went through it, but it sounds like, you know, you've, you've recovered your survivor. And no, nobody should go through that, and, and um, sexual assault is a terrible crime, of course. Um, and I think you bring up great points about, and, and why a lot of people do have some frustrations with this, which is, you know, are we making decisions uh, for, you know, a very small minority, but we're not thinking of the whole community? And with regard to the situation you described, I believe, you know, elected officials really need to think through that so that there is a balance and, you know, I I think you have a fair um, frustration there, Michelle, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. All right, we'll be back. Frogman Friday, 1499.3 KLIN.
4: I'm Rich Denison. Russian forces appear to be closing in on Ukraine's capital city as that massive military convoy near Kiev appears to have moved into attack positions. And there's a growing fear that
3: it is training its guns on the city. In fact, the towed artillery, artillery, its howitzers, are now in a firing position inside the woods, uh, facing the capital. And the fighting has also increased on the ground around Kiev. Clashes taking place just nine miles from the city centre. The Ukrainian military
4: fighting back bravely against Russian forces in a village northwest of the capital. Fox's Benjamin Hall is in Kiev. Ukraine. The IRS says it's hiring 10,000 new workers.
1: The agency faces a backlog of around 20 million pieces of correspondence, which is more than 15 times as large as in a normal filing season. The agency is also dealing with an entirely new workload as it administers pandemic related programs.
0: Is our changeover
4: to daylight savings time? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's
2: mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. 49 perfect with our classic
5: fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
5: don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket
0: I'm Chris Lofgren. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All
1: right, we're back, finishing up uh, Frogman Friday here on Drive Time Lincoln. Final segment uh, before we have a nice weekend, I hope. A lot going on next week. Programming note, we are not going to have a show on Monday, so we're going to move guests around. Uh, we, we're looking to have uh, Justin Drahota on, uh, running for North School Board. Uh, Bob Bohr, who is now in the Secretary of State race. That means three um, in there. Rex Schroeder, obviously incumbent Bob Evnon and Bob Bohr. Uh, Matt Innes was going to come on. The governor will be on. Elena Newman, again, talking uh, views from immigrants in the city. Um, And like I said, I'm looking to get a lawyer on. I want to understand uh, more deeply the Supreme Court ruling and things like that around um, sexual discrimination, which, again, with Natalie on yesterday, uh, clearly it says that, you know, folks, transgender, cisgender, are under the um, 1964 civil rights where it says you can't discriminate on sex. I mean, that part is clear. I, I think that there's other language that um, people are, are debating, and and I'm not an expert, but I, I want to understand that better. Um, the other thing I want to tell you about this weekend, um, nice event. You know, we've had Branch Stroke Observatory on several times. I, I have a fascination with... Astronomy, not astrology, not Australia. Oh, man, not Australia. I know you were going to (laughs) say something. But uh, their Hunting Orion event uh, is tomorrow, 8 p.m. to midnight, out at the observatory on... uh, uh, Fourteen three hundred Northwest 98th Street in Raymond, but out at Branch Stoke. And remember, they're honoring uh, service people all throughout the year. And tomorrow night, it's firefighters and rescue personnel, uh, active or retired. Uh, They have some great giveaways, some belt buckles we highlighted, Vortex Optics. And I know, uh, again, they're going to have their SATCOM up tomorrow. So you're going to be able to talk to the International Space Station and some low-orbiting satellites. So just a really cool event put on by Branch Oak Observatory, again, at 8 p.m. to midnight tomorrow out there. Go check it out. Um, looking at the stars is a peaceful endeavor, um, without a doubt. Again, it is a Frogman Friday, so the call lines are open. The Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Johnny, I know there's another event in town, too. Yeah, I don't want to take away from the big event with... With your friends, your In ast- the
3: stars. astronomy event. But as as listeners may know, I'm also a ring announcer on the side for MWA Pro Wrestling. We've had our owner slash promoter, Brian Blade, on the show before with Doug Fitzgerald. We have a show tomorrow night. Come see Johnny Cadillac ring announced, 7 o'clock, Cornhusker Social Hall. Um, family-friendly pro wrestling show for... All ages. It's good time. Come check
1: us out if you uh, are able to. 7 o'clock, Cornhusker Social Hall. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, I have a soft spot for whatever reason. I don't know why. To pro wrestling and all the levels of pro wrestling. I could probably do an entire, entire all show all the time just on wrestling. It fascinates me. Um, I'll tell you what. The call lines are really busy. So just, I mean, stay on. I'm going to try to get you all on. Um, let's go to uh, John on line 2. John, how you doing? Good.
0: Thank you for taking my call. Hey, I just got two quick things. Um, in, you mentioned about the truckers' uh, protests earlier. I have one question for the truckers. They're against the mandates for the masks and the uh, uh, vaccines and stuff, but they've had max, uh, mandates for years that they had to submit to uh, urine or blood tests for drugs or alcohol or they'd lose their job. And they didn't complain about that. So, and that's for health reasons, obviously. And I think the vaccine is just as for the same thing too, for people's health. So I'm not sure why they're complaining about that. And the second thing, well, uh, well, I will
1: say, I mean, I, I can't speak for a trucker, but I would have, I would, I would opine. I would suggest that maybe they feel the recent round of mandates is kind of over the top.
0: Well, you know, well, they have to agree to take a blood drug test and if they have any alcohol in their system at all, they lose their job and um that you know, I would think they protest about that more than a vaccine would trying to help you save your life. So Well I, then I maybe maybe the that.
1: thing is they don't feel the vaccines the same way as, as you feel. I mean you you have military people that have what? to submit to drug tests that are are fighting against the mandates as well. I mean, I don't think it's that big of a jump to see why they would protest this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will agree to you one thing. I'm glad that they're doing it more peaceful than they were in Canada. So I'm glad to see how it is peaceful. I'm all for peaceful protest too, just like you. The second thing was, I wanted your opinion about Jim Pillen, uh, saying he refuses to participate anymore. In the governor debates, cause he calls it political theater or whatever. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the people of Nebraska, we have a right to know what he stands for, uh, what he's going to do for our state if he's governor, and why not be in there? I think he's, uh, you know, it's like he's almost like he's avoiding it or feels he can't debate with Lindstrom or Herbster. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it?
1: All right, John. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I guess that's a fair question. I'm going to assume I, – I do believe I saw that. I'm not going to say for sure. I saw the pill and camp say I'm not doing any of them. Um, but, of course, I'm a big fan of uh, get out and be in front of the people, uh, get out and uh, participate in these debates. It's It's been something in our system for a long time. Um, that honestly is how most people, you know, whether it be smaller town, local kind of town hall debates or bigger televised debates, it's, it's where a lot of us, it might be the only chance we get to really see the candidate. Um, and so I would certainly like to see all candidates do that. Um, you know, I suspect that there is a, you know, remember this is politics. So I suspect that there is a gamble of why, um, they are doing that, um, and I, I mean, can I can I doubt that it's political theater to some degree? I mean, I guess the question I would ask is, what isn't political theater, right? What isn't political theater in this day and age? Um, it it you know I enjoy when uh, elected officials do not have a script, do not um, you know have everything preplanned. Um, obviously they cover a lot of topics, so they're going to have notes, but are able to talk like you and I do. And I think that that's a good measure um, that we can all look at. So yes, I would prefer that um, every candidate, including Jim Pillen, would would participate in the debates. Um, But at the same time, I mean, there's clearly a reason that has to do with the campaign that they don't feel that's best for him. But yeah, I mean, if I guess I was... The master of everything I would uh, want all the uh, elected officials to participate in debates uh, for sure makes a lot of sense I think um, on the trucker mandates I mean they listen I think what they're doing is pretty clear um, I, I can't really buy that I mean I, I think everybody has had uh, different jobs but most you know some kind of drug testing or testing especially if you're a federal employee right um, but also other institutions and you know there's a lot of americans um that feel that this was a, a little bit of overreach and um you know they've mobilized to peacefully protest so that we agree on without a doubt you know one of the things i've, I've just mentioned it and if anybody's out there you know and wants to speak on air about it i'm just curious i don't know but i it kind of started a interesting storm, and and it's actually how I found Natalie uh, questioning the Lincoln Realtors Association in their open letter um, to their members here in town. Um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people on both sides of that. Realtors that are against it don't know what it means to some of the leadership. The vice president over there, and and they're simply, you know, in their words, educating their members on the national change. I, I found the timing and some of the language to be very questionable i don't know where it's going to go i'm not running a full story on it um if you're a realtor and want to call in happy to hear where you're at on that uh, it's been about a week now but um yes it uh it had to do with the fairness ordinance if you will uh it it had to do with education of members of national changes with regard to discrimination um but i do know this there is more than two or three um Realtors frustrated by it. I I would say now, personally, I know more than 50 um, and I know some have written letters. So they're working through that in the Lincoln Realtors Association. But uh, I do think um, just from kind of a watching and Lincolnite, you know, county overview of community, it is something that needs to be resolved within the uh, Realtors Association. So that might be something that's out there as well. Oh Brian wants to talk about something I want to talk about, which is the uh, I think the Azov Battalion. So let's go to Brian. Brian, how's it going?
4: Great. Good afternoon, Jack. Hi. I heard you say you're gonna talk about the Azov Battalion, but I looked them up last week and I was hoping you'd put them in a little better perspective. Well With the militia the, that it, was formed
1: Yeah the, the 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 I'm going to call it the uh, far right wing. Um, so I can't confirm or deny if it's neo-Nazi, but that there's certainly signs of that uh, tremendously. And uh, and I think that, uh, you know, given that and given kind of their way of doing business that we know of, um, that that's a interesting twist in the Ukrainian struggle.
4: Do you mind if I put them in perspective a little bit? Well,
1: you can put them in. Yes, your perspective. Go ahead.
4: All right. I don't
1: know that we'll disagree, but go ahead.
4: Well, they're a militia. And, yeah, they are neo-Nazis, although they will deny being neo-Nazis, but they're for Ukraine being a dictatorship. But they don't like Russia invaded. That's why they formed in 2014 when uh, Russia took uh, Crimea. Uh, And they uh, have a political party, and they got 2% of the vote in the election in a coalition of other right-wing nut groups. So they have no representation in the government. And uh, to let drop that there are Nazis in the Ukrainian military, well, you got to put that in perspective. It's sort of like saying, well, there are oath keepers and three percenters and.
1: Oh come on, Brian! National we can't. State. You can't. You can't go that far.
4: And in those groups, there are a lot of ex-military. But no, it's uh, a militia that was incorporated into the national guard. But they're very small, and they have no representation in the government. And, uh, you know, the government has turned away some uh, people, like some guys from the base, which is another sort of uh, neo-Nazi group from the U.S. And, yeah, it's just like saying there are Nazis in the U.S. military to say there are Nazis in the Ukrainian military because they got some militia members in them.
1: Well, can we can we agree first? Can we agree on this? There are elements all around the world that are neo-Nazi and believe in that. And. You know, just as yeah. a general course of society, they do get into organizations that we hold, uh, not not because we want to allow them, but it just happens. And and yeah, I don't, that's, yeah, that's not good. But yeah, this, so like, but- I, I agree with you, this is a group that has brought in overseas fighters that has neo-Nazi leanings, and they have tried, and, and they're very anti-Russia, right? And yeah. it's kind of been quiet by our national media that this exists but in fact it does and so there's not i mean when russia says you know they're doing the denazifying thing, that's we know that's salesmanship but there's a little bit of truth in that with this battalion
4: well it's like with the uh research facilities and of course if you can have a disease research facility you're gonna have samples of diseases on hand but there's no evidence that they're bioweapons right And saying that there are Nazis in the Ukrainian military, well, it's uh, a militia. It is. And and they don't have any representation in the government. The government's not too happy about them being uh, there, but still they tolerate them because they fight the Russians. Right. Yeah, it's like a marriage of
1: convenience right now.
4: Yeah, but it's, you know, it's not like, you know. Putin needs to go in and denazify Ukraine. Right. It's just a ridiculous...
1: Uh, it's a terrible argument, and it's, without a doubt. I, I agree with you, uh, but I think that, um, again, oh, great call, first of all, really good. Well, well,
4: I just wanted to put them in perspective, and if you just look them up and actually do some research on them, you'll see that they're no, no representation in the government and uh, insignificant, really, compared to the total Ukrainian military.
1: Well, there's no doubt about that, and uh, and so I, I think I'll finish my statements of why it was brought to my attention, and and, and we'll go from there, but uh, no, sure. good call. All right, thanks. Yeah, yep. no I should go on. Bye. Brian, the master, he's always got good thoughts. No, it was brought to my attention exactly as that. Do you know about this? Is it a small group? Um, and in my former life, of course, we used to train a lot of small groups and um, different people. And and what I was going to say is, no, I, I I didn't know about this dynamic. I did do my research uh it does exist as a national guard battalion essentially you could almost think of it uh for those of you that are history buses kind of like a french foreign legion in a in a way right brings in uh fighters from out that you know fight for ukraine um this is not abnormal in some countries where foreign fighters come in and work um so it is a essentially a national guard unit underneath Uh, the ukrainian military it's a very small element um i i'm very confident that we on the american side um do human rights vetting and do war crimes vetting with groups that we work with so i have no idea you know if we the united states have trained them but i'm confident in our processes um certainly i'm sure we have helped the ukrainians since 2014 in the first invasion you know bolster up their defense whether it be planning or you know how to use a javelin you know, to some degree, right? Even though now um, you know, we're we're staying out of it. But, you know, essentially training events happen all the time between the US military and and ally militaries. Um and as far as this group is concerned, Brian's right, it's a small group, um and Russia's trying to play that up in their justification for you know, one of the reasons they're invading Ukraine. Um but nonetheless um, I won't go as far as what Brian's saying and attach it to American far-right groups. Um, but I don't know. I mean I I think that this is a national guard unit that we know of in the Ukrainian Army. It's very small. it's made of far-right you know kind of extremists and they're very anti-russian. so it is a marriage of convenience so to speak. Um, uh, I'm gonna go to Ben real quick. You got just about a minute Ben.
2: Hey, how are we doing today?
1: Good. Can you do it fast, Ben?
2: Sure. Um, hey, my only point is, I'm I'm pro-life. I'm against abortion. But okay. we have to shore up our structures for raising a kid. Like You have kids that are not wanted. They're not wanted by the mother for various reasons. You have to shore up the structures to support that kid from birth to death if you are going to expect a mother to carry that kid to, to, to birth. Because... How do you bring this kid in and then belittle the mother and belittle the system? you are you're dumping into a system of of adoption or in, you know 5 a seconds. CD, you know. That's my point. Okay. We need to support
1: these kids better. Thanks, Ben. All right, 14993. Good call, Ben. Drive time Lincoln.
4: Governor Pete Ricketts on Republican Jim Pillen.
1: Hi,
3: this is Governor Pete Ricketts. I think people show you who they are by how they live, their actions, their values, and their strength of character. That's why I'm supporting conservative Republican Jim Pillen to be Nebraska's next governor. Jim Pillen is a self-made man, an ag producer and businessman who's created over a thousand Nebraska jobs. But more than that, Jim is a man of faith and integrity who puts his values into action. Jim is committed to growing Nebraska and creating even more opportunities for our young people to succeed. He's invested in rural communities throughout our state. And Jim is leading the fight against critical race theory in Nebraska classrooms. Jim Pillen is a pro-life Christian conservative who will put his business experience to work controlling spending, cutting taxes, and preserving our freedoms. I'm
0: Pete Ricketts. For Governor, I'm supporting Jim Pillen. A true got we'll a few clouds, but the day will feature more sun than clouds. From Channel 8, Nebraska's trusted news source, I'm Storm Alert Team meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, almost done here. The Voice, Chris Lofgren, is in with a traffic update.
0: Thanks, Commander. We do have a situation. 70th and Adams, just west of the intersection, eastbound lanes, an accident. Do watch for slowdowns.
1: Wow, I just love that voice. All right, no, hey, be careful out there. Um, my God, did you know that DUIs were tremendously up um, last year? It drives me nuts. Uh, be careful. Like, driving, It's so it can be so dangerous. Uh, drive defensively, watch out for your fellow citizen, um, and all that stuff. But appreciate it, Chris. You bet. Um, real quick, don't forget, uh, Hunting Orion, The Star Party, tomorrow, Branch Stoke Observatory, 8 p.m. to midnight, Uh honoring firefighters and first responders active and retired go on out there some great giveaways vortex optics belt buckles sat up talk to the international space station some satellites uh go enjoy that uh don't know what to think yet because i'm not completely up to date on uh uh adoption and and pro-life understand what the last caller was saying um but yeah i mean i think there's enough bandwidth to find structures uh that make sense um, but boy, that is, uh, that's a deep issue, isn't it? From if we start uh, you know, kids without families, kids without mothers and fathers, you know, abortion, holy cow, we're open on a whole can of worms, not ready to completely go there, uh, in this last minute. But uh, again, I hope you enjoyed the week. There'll be no show on Monday. Um, you know really appreciated natalie coming in uh we're going to continue to talk about fairness ordinance i am sure as well as uh, the everything around it going to try to understand the supreme court Const- constitutional carry passed its first uh kind of round we'll see how that goes and other than that enjoy it i hope uh you guys enjoyed the frogman friday i want you